Praise the Lord. Welcome you to our live broadcast this Sunday, February 20, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we have come before your throne of mercy, thanking you for the week, thanking you for your presence in our lives. Thank you, Father and our God, to be, be our God. Speak through us today to your people and to those who become your people. That the hearing of this message, Lord, those who are on the path of destruction may correct the cause. Come back to the cross of Christ. Embrace the cross and take on the cross as your word has commanded us. And begin to march on to that journey that takes us to that city made with your hands where your presence we grant us eternal life. We give you the praise and honor, God, as we plead the blood of Jesus Christ upon this ministry, upon all who walk in this ministry, upon all who pray for this ministry, upon the homes of all who are in the world evangelical WhatsApp group. Blessings, glory, and honor, Lord our God, as you speak to us this day. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. We continue with our series, and we've taken an instrumental from Brother Caleb Brassi, May the Lord continue to bless him. We are continuing with our Will of God series. If you have not been following us, we plead with you to go back to our Facebook page, YouTube page, or to our website. The messages are there. They are building blocks. Today, the eighth week, we are going to speak on subject your will to God's own. That says you and I must subject our will to God's own if we want to really run this race and not end up in the wilderness and to eternal death. Today's topic, subject your will to God's own. The outline, eternal life is knowing God. Number two, it's either Christ or the world, not both. Three, why many lose their salvation? Number four, at the end of the broadcast, you'll be able to choose it this day. Eternal life is knowing God. First scripture, please. John chapter 17, verses 1 to 3. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Praise the Lord for his words to us. John chapter 17, verse 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you sent. This verse describes eternal life. That eternal life is knowing God and His Son Jesus Christ. We can't know God if we are not reading the Bible, which contains His word and His will for His children. How can we know Him whom we don't want to know about? who has spoken to us through the scriptures 
which the Bible you and I have contains his word to us. And we can't do God's will if we don't know what his will is. And we can't do his will if we're doing our own will. And if we're doing his will, sorry, if we're not doing his will, how can he abide with us? How can his son abide with us? How can the Holy Spirit abide with us if we are not doing the will of God? Because God is eternal life. Eternal life inhabits in his son. And we can only inherit it if we know him and his son. Only those who subject their will to that of God can know God. You can't know God, I can't know God unless I've surrendered my will. My life includes my will to him. That's what it means, surrender your life at the cross. You don't surrender your life and then you take your will. Then what are we talking about? And because they are obedient, those who have surrendered their will to God, God will lead them as they walk on the road that takes them to that heavenly city. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, we speak in item two. It is either Christ or the world. Number two. It is either Christ or the world. It is either Christ or the world. It is either Christ or the world. Scripture, please. Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Praise the Lord. Read the next one. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Praise the Lord. Let us look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, first part portion. You used to live in sin, that's you and I. And if you have not repented, you are still living in sin. Just like the rest of the world. And you, once you are in the world, you obey the devil. Don't ever think you obey, no, you obey the devil if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. All your actions are directed by the prince of darkness. The commander of the powers in the unseen world. That's what the Bible says. Every action done by an unbeliever is directed by the devil. Unless when God interposes because it does not fit into his plan for life. That's for the whole of resurrection. So when you look at the other scripture we read, Christ gave his life in order to save us from Satan, from this wicked spirit and his demons, from the evil world, and then from our own sinful nature because we were dead in trespasses and sins before he redeemed us. And if you are still an unbeliever, you are still dead in your trespasses and sins. It doesn't matter all the good works you do in this world. It is nothing except you come to Christ. Praise the Lord. In effect, if you say you have been saved from the world, if I say I'm saved from the world, I can no longer belong to the world. My mindset can no longer be about the world and the things in the world. It must be about him who has called me, him who I have surrendered my life to. He guides my steps, not the world. Because repentance means turning our backs to the world. And it involves lifestyle changes, you see, and a new mindset. You know, I, I'm saved. 
But you are still doing the same things you are doing. No, you are not saved. You are just a hypocrite. You and I cannot claim to be a follower of Christ and still love the world and the things in the world. Friendship with the world is enmity with God, so the word of God tells us. Those who have believed cannot continue doing those things they were doing before Christ saved them from the world. If you are hearing me and doing those same things, you have not repented. You are worse than unbeliever even. Those who do, who are in cahoots with the world, have not believed. Is that a Christ of the world? There's no middle ground. I've lost many of my friends. So many when I tell them, don't do ABCD. What am I trying to tell them? Don't play with the world. Don't join politics. Don't be in politics. It's not of Christ. And some of them will rebel. Therefore, those who claim to be followers of Christ, but love the world, they're not really Christ followers. They're just pretenders. And those who are straddling Christ and the world, that is one foot here, Christ. One foot there, world. You are not Christ. It is impossible to have both Christ and the world. It's impossible to have the spirit of the Lord in your heart and the spirit of the world, which is the devil. They cannot be together. Let's scripture, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. Look at that. If truly you and I have been crucified with Christ, then it is no longer you and I that live, but Christ that is living in us. So the life we now live must reflect Christ to the world. Not to reflect ourselves, not reflect our own will, but the will of Christ, the will of God, as guided by the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. The newborn in Christ, you must crucify the flesh, or you'll be drawn back to the world. If you don't do it, the world is going to take you back. If truly I crucify the flesh, the world and the things in the world will hold no attractions for you. So nothing can draw you back because you know whom you have believed. Those who have crucified the flesh are the ones who have Christ indwelling them. And they have the Holy Spirit. And because they have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is like a mother. He nurtures them. He guides them. He leads them. They come to the maturity. Continues to go with them until that day when they meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Next scripture, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us and he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. Watch this. Oftentimes we think that we can resist the devil. We cannot. It is Christ in us that resists him. It is Christ in us that gives us the power to resist sin. It is Christ in us that makes us to do those things we may not want to do, but which he says we have to do. 
Therefore, it's Christ in us that does the heavy lifting. If you look at the flesh, you will not do any of those things. Because most of the things you'll be asked to do are contrary to what you have been used to. So Christ in us does the heavy lifting. What is that what that verse is telling us? Christ enables us. Because on our own, he knows we can do it. He knows you and I can never withstand an attack from the weakest demon. Except that Christ is enabling us. Which is why the enemy does everything to get a child of God to sin. So that the spirit of God will leave. And then that person becomes canon further. Satan is very tricky. He keeps on believers from a knowledge that he is afraid of believers. I want you to know something. If you really a child of God, the devil is afraid of you. All the millions or billions of demons are afraid of you. Because Christ in you is more than all the evil spirits that cannot touch you. Because the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ covers you. Because at the cross, he destroyed the power of darkness over you. That he doesn't want unbelievers to know this. He doesn't want them to know that he's powerless where a true believer is. That he's afraid of believers because they have the Lord Jesus Christ indwelling them. So you do everything to prevent unbelievers from knowing this truth. He wants unbelievers to think that they can never forego sin. They can never forego those things they're doing. Especially when an unbeliever hears the gospel. Which is why you and I, when we preach to them, we have to pray. And that person is contemplating repentance and accepting Christ. The devil will go into a very great deceptive mode. He will whisper things like this, pay attention. And use this in your evangelism work. Life is to be lived. Do you want to be like those who have no life? Those who have no life. How will you cope? If you have to make lifestyle changes, how can you look at all the wine cellar you have? Look at all the, I mean, you would name so many things. I mean, you say, wow, I can't do that. Whereas in the church where you are supposedly, everything is allowed. So why, what, what, what's different? You want to be like those who have no life? Or he asks another question. You know you can't do without being in the company of your friends. You are going to lose them all. <laughs> you go to parties with them, you do all sorts of things. How are you going to manage now? How will you cope? Some of them may give you a contract. Some of them may be those who take you to places that you could never have reached. Some of them may be so rich that you say, I have to be in that rich company. I have to become rich like themselves. You see, he whispers such things to you. Or he will say, if you're a poor man in the office, maybe a messenger, how will you feed your family if you stop stealing from your company? Yes, how are you going to do it? <laughs> there is your children will starve you. Or your family will disown you, for especially young people who are under the influence of their parents or being maintained by them. They will disown you. And in some cases, they'll say your spouse will leave you. Uh -huh. Your husband will leave you. Or your wife will leave you. You know she can't tolerate those people. Or you will lose your job. Because if you accept Christ, and do those things that I try to tell you. You are going to refuse to be part of the organized corrupt practices in your company. Uh -huh. You can't be alone anymore. They can't trust you anymore. So they're going to cut you off. And so they said, we don't need this man or woman here. Or you're having an adulterous relationship. And that person has <laughs> rented a house or bought a house for you. <laughs> 
The man will evict you, or the madam will evict you. Or you're a girl and a boy. I mean, you're a man, marriageable. But you have a girlfriend or boyfriend you're hoping to marry. But you realize that if you do that, <laughs> that relationship will end. And you say, but I'm getting old, it's better for the ladies. I have to stick with this man. Otherwise, he will run away. So many other things that he whispers. And that's why some people, after hearing the gospel, almost about to repent, turn back. But what they don't know is this. All they had to do was accept Christ that moment. And Christ in them will make everything right. He will lead you through safe pastures. When you pass through the valley of shadow of death, he'll be with you. Oh, he will feed you even in the presence of your enemies. Those who are detractors, those who would have opposed you. Even when they oppose, they go back and say, wow, something is different in this man. I wish I could be like him or her. And that's the testimony. We overcome by the word of our testimony. Unfortunately, many get discouraged and they fall for the devil's lies. And so even after hearing the gospel and having received it with joy, they allow Satan to steal the truth from them. They don't know that they could have survived those adverse consequences. That God would have made a way for them. God would have made a way for them. God would have shown them the oasis in the midst of the desert. Let's go to three. Why many lose their salvation? As those who have believed. People, this, we're not talking those who have believed. Why many, that's, see, remember the subject matter is submit your will to God. If you don't, you are in trouble. If I don't, I'm in trouble. And we lose our salvation. Many think they're still standing, but they're falling. So let's look at this. Many believers lack understanding. They lack understanding of what salvation means. That's why they subscribe to this wicked teaching. Once saved, always saved. Where did you get that in the Bible? What is salvation? Salvation is the first part says God has saved us from Satan and evil world. And given us a new nature. But if we don't safeguard that new life, that new life will die. And so, we revert to where we were before. So salvation is being saved from the devil and the world and giving you a new nature to enable you to run the race now. You have entered the study, you are not running the race. And the Holy Spirit will now guide you as you run the race according to the will of God. Failure to do so will lead to backsliding and the wilderness journey. Recall the Israelites, type of salvation from Egypt. Those who rebelled, who were disobedient, didn't make it to the promised land. In like manner, like we said in previous broadcasts, if you fail to be obedient to the will of God, you will not make it. If I fail to be obedient to the will of God, I will not make it. So those of you hearing me, Know you are in the wilderness journey. If you fail to make a course correction while in the wilderness, you are on your way to eternal death. Why do many believers lose their salvation? 
I want to show you now. Scripture, please. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Praise the Lord. Look at that last verse. You will learn to know God's will when first you present your body in verse 1 as a living sacrifice. When you have said, I have surrendered my life, where my life includes everything about me, when you do that, God uses his word in verse 2 to speak to you. Tells you not to copy the behavior and customs of the world. And as you study the scriptures, he continues to transform you with his word. And as you do, you begin to know his will. And no longer to do your will, but to the will of God. So for those believers who fail to use the scriptures to grow, but use the words of human beings. They are so-called pastors and overseers. They jet owning. They, the criminals that continue to fleece their congregation by telling them to pay tithe that is not biblical. By telling them to, if they don't do this, they will go to hell. If they don't so see, they will not prosper. Those men and women on their belly are the ones that will listen to rather than the God. If you fail to present your body, at repentance as a living sacrifice to God and immerse yourself in the study of the scriptures you will not have spiritual discernment say that to anybody you know are you studying the word have you truly turned your back to the world have you said Christ here I am I'm all yours if you don't you are going to believe these wicked men and women of the belly. And you are not going to inherit eternal life. Because you lack discernment. Whereas if you study the Bible under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, no man or woman will ever deceive you. You see them for what they are and for who they are. You don't want to fall prey to these wolves in sheep clothing. And you want to believe every window of doctrine, whatever you have, that's where it's happening, you run there. That's where the miracle is happening, you run there. If you go to this place, you are going to get your promotion. If that man prays for you, everything is done. If that woman prays for you, it is it's all over. You, you, are, you are free. Wow. A human being. Those who study and meditate God's word, learn what God's will is. That's the only way to learn the will of God, in his word. Because that will tell them what they will do, and continue to do as they run the rest of eternal life. And the more they study, the more they grow in God's presence, the more they grow in faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Next scripture, please. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Praise the Lord. When you hear, the more you study the scripture, you can never st stop studying the scriptures. The more you read, meditate, 
The more he gives you more insights, the more he guides you, the more he empowers you, and you know, and you know, and you know, you know, and God is happy with you. They cannot be deceived if you are studying the scriptures. If God is your teacher, you cannot be deceived. And if you are, you contend for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can never keep quiet. You will shout, you will speak. Nothing will happen to you. Nothing shall by any means touch or hurt you. Because Christ in you is greater than all the wicked spirits and all the human beings in this world. And as you study scripture in God's presence, the world will have no attraction. You may have many things, so not all poor people, not all rich people are wicked. There's some people who are very rich, but those things have meant nothing because they have surrendered all to Christ. God cannot transform you and I if we fail to study and meditate on his word. He can't transform our thought process because so many things have been failed us. So it is through the study of the scripture that God uses his word to challenge our pre-understandings and our presuppositions which we have been taught, which we have heard since adulthood. The most insidious or the, the the worst of all the pre-understandings and principles is what we learned while being apostate church organizations. Those ones are the most difficult to overcome. Because many people take the words of fallen pastors and overseers above that of God. They have no, no, that, it's not possible. That man who told us that he raised, he raised somebody from the dead, it's not possible for him not to be a child of God. Yet, the actions of the things he's doing and teaching are not biblical. So how do you believe his story about having raised somebody from the dead? And even if he raised somebody from the dead, how do you know what power he used in raising somebody from the dead? So they can't imagine they are pastors and Jews and bishops and popes teaching false doctrines. They can't imagine that Satan has used some of them to bring doctrines of demons into God's church. And because I've taken the words of human beings above that of God, they can no longer hear the voice of God. And no, they're no longer his children. If you and I can't hear God speaking to us, we're not his children. Which son or daughter doesn't hear his or know his father's voice or mother's voice? When you stop hearing the voice of God inside your heart, it means that tender spirit given at rebirth is choked up and has died. And if you're in that position, you're no longer a child of God. Many of them will not join to become those who teach these false doctrines and lead new believers, new converts astray. Scripture, please. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Next one. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Praise the Who Lord. really knows how bad it is. Sorry. Praise the Lord. The human heart, the unregenerated heart is deceitful. Even if you're a child of God, if you do not continue to immerse yourself in the scriptures, you could have deceitful thoughts, 
So you have to be very careful. Now whatever thought comes in, whatever show you are doing, conforms to the will of God. And where do you find the will of God? In the scriptures. If there's no correlation with the scripture, don't bother, don't do it. But the first one we read said, curse are those who put their trust in mere humans. So when people go to church and put their trust in their pastors and Jews, rather than God, they got a problem. God is not pleased at all. God is not pleased at all because he has chosen human beings over him. So let's summarize. Next slide. Choose ye this day. You have a choice to make you and I. Only by submitting your will to God can you know God. Number one. Number two. Only by submitting your will to that of God can you choose right. Number three. Only by choosing right can you inherit life. Eternal life. So what do we say? Submit your will to God and you know God. Submit, subject your will to God and you choose right. Choosing right means you will do what? Inherit eternal life. If you have chosen right, how won't you make it at the end of the day? So choose ye this day. Christ or the world? Not two of them. Spiritual prosperity or worldly prosperity? Those of you who still think that you can just find worldly prosperity teachings with the Bible. Note, you, if it's spiritual prosperity, if it's worldly prosperity you are on, you are not, you are not inheriting spiritual prosperity. It's one or the other. And at the worst one will not be eternal life, eternal death. It is either the one on the left side, which is Christ, spiritual prosperity, eternal life, or is the world, worldly prosperity, and eternal death. Each one is equal to Christ is equal to spiritual prosperity, equal to eternal life. The world is equal to what? Worldly prosperity and to what? Eternal death. That is not. Tell those people that teach worldly prosperity that they are teaching doctrines from the pits of hell. If you have made the right choices, I will need you to meditate now. Because we are going to sing a song. You have made the right choices. We're going to sing a song. I'd rather have Jesus. See, because when you have Jesus, you have everything. You have eternal life. I'd rather have Jesus. And you would rather have Jesus. Praise the Lord. Watch the words that are on your screen. Jesus than silver or gold. I would rather be his son or daughter than the richest untold. I would rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I would rather be led by his nail pierced hand. the king of a vast domain and be heard in sin's dread swear I'd rather have Jesus I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world can afford or will afford that should be your determination and your prayer and your consecration today
I would rather have Jesus than men's applause or women's applause, than humanity's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause, which is what? Preach the gospel of Christ. Not fearing anything. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide friend. Those of you who want to preach uh, in the big cathedrals and life stadium. But you are willing to sell your souls to the devil to achieve that. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. Praise the Lord. Than to be the king of a vast domain and be held in sin's dress with which takes eternal death. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. This world of false today. is fairer than lilies of race bloom. Yes. Our God is fairer than lilies of the race bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. That's all he needs and that's what you all should need if you are really a child of God. But if you are not, repent and it's all yours. I would rather have Jesus and let him lead me to eternal life. Praise the Lord. Dear God, honor, blessings, glory, all yours. Thank you for your word to us. Your word through us to your people. Bless every heart. Bless every home that hears this message. If they have been on the road away from you, may they turn. And when they turn, Lord, may they know that they must surrender their will. Because part of surrender life is surrendering the will. So that you, our Father and our God, will lead them through safe pastures. Because your son, Jesus Christ, died to give us this life. This eternal life, which has been guaranteed to us by the Holy Spirit. So that we can walk and not be derailed. So that we can reach that city, that continuing city where you are, that we may continue to glorify, magnify your name. Lord, remove the devourer for the sakes of all the hearers that they will not steal any of the words spoken today. But that your words will break yokes and deliver so many and bring many into the fold and that they will not be taken away, Lord. Have your way, O oh Lord, for you are God. Confirm your words, Lord, with healings and deliverances in the houses of the people who have heard. Visit them in their homes. May they hear your quiet voice. May they hear your voice in the, in the, in the winds. May they hear your voice in the sunset, in the, sun, in, the, in the sun. May they hear you wherever they are, Lord, at all times. And may the joy of the Lord continue to be with them. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Thank you all for hearing. We we'll continue this next Sunday by His grace. Have a blessed week.